So this is it, a podcast about marketing for IT professionals. If you want your marketing to work, you're going to have to understand your buyers, how they think, how they buy, how they make decisions, what they're looking for. You're going to have to understand a certain amount of their psychology before you move on. The best way to do this is to create buyer personas. According to HubSpot, and this is a little bit boring, the definition is a semi-fictional representation of your ideal customer based on market research and real data about your existing customers. What does that mean? Simply put, It just means that you're going to create a profile of someone that doesn't exist, but is based on the ideal client that you would like to get for your business. So you're going to need to take your time to decide which persona to attack first. Before we go on to touch on that, I want to talk about why building a persona is important for you. You have a million other things to do and you might be thinking that you don't really have the time to do this. However, building a persona is going to save you time in the long run. It's going to make you more efficient. And basically what it's going to do is that it's going to provide structure and insight into what you're going to need to do for your marketing, but also for your sales and for your support teams. Those three departments are rarely united, but they still talk to the same people. They all talk to your clients and potential clients. So if you want them to have a unified message, the best way is to build them a framework. And that framework is going to be based on the insight that you got from your persona. It's going to provide structure and guidance in multiple activities that you're going to present and have to do all the way from marketing to messaging to branding uh, support and it even impacts finance you might be wondering how your whole customer base is going to fit into one persona well it doesn't most businesses have between two to six personas they can be positive or negative a negative persona for example can be a detractor like someone in an organization that is gonna steer away the conversation from your business or is gonna try to present counterpoints the low-hanging fruit for you though is to focus on positive personas and develop that first you're gonna want to do a little bit of analysis before you move forward part of your persona is the ideal client that you want to work with and the keyword here is really ideal You don't want to create a persona of the client that you have the most often. Let's say, for example, that you're transitioning your business to an MSP model and to the cloud. So if you go with the client that you have the most often right now, it might be a break-fix client. That's not the client that you want to have moving forward. When you create a persona, really strive for the perfect client that you want to have, the one that is the most profitable to you. You're going to need to go in your client data and do a little bit of analysis. So you're going to need to check on your potential clients and your leads. So if you have Google Analytics or other platforms, platform like that that provides you audience research. So you're going to have to go into that and analyze who comes to your website the most often, what kind of profile they have, what kind of demographic, where are they located and stuff like that. After that, you're going to have to do some prioritizing. So basically, when you go into your client's data and your CRM and you look at your uh, at your client's profile, you're going to try to look for things that come back. So similarities between customer profiles. Of course, as you analyze your results get rid of the clients that you don't want to have just focus on the ones that are good and if you don't have any then use use some other tools to do some market research definitely focus on the clients you want to have as part of building your persona 
you want data that is closest to the truth as possible. So if you do find in your customer base that you have some clients that are similar and that you have success with them, then that's a good persona to start with. If they're a good match for your business, good match for your brand, and you want to have more of those types of customers, that's your first one. As you build your persona, you're going to want to picture them as a real person. So what you're going to want to do is find a picture. It doesn't have to be a picture of someone you know. It's actually better if it's not. So you can just Google search some persona pictures. The profile needs to look realistic for people to really think about them in a conversation matter. A prime goal of your persona is to generate a profile of someone that looks real so that when content is mapped and created or when a sales conversation is ongoing, the agent that is talking to them or the rep or the content creator can have an idea in their mind of who they're talking to and what problems they're trying to solve. The more realistic your persona is, the better. So you're going to want to name them, find a picture. In the industry, we often find alliteration for names such as Skeptical Susie and stuff like that. Think about a fun way that is going to make your persona top of mind for the people that need them to be. All right. As you create and prioritize your persona, your first one, what you're going to need to think about is the success factor that you currently have with that type of profile. Are they a good fit? Is your sales cycle easy? Is it short or long? What type of behaviors they showcase that you like and appreciate? And then you have to think about the objections that they have when they talk to a rep or when they even Google search and come onto your website. What kind of content they're trying to get? and what kind of answers they're looking for. Even when they call your support, what are they asking the most often? All that needs to go in your persona profile because it is super important to tailor the content closely to those questions, objections, and challenges. After that, as you prioritize your persona, of course, you want to pick one uh, that you have a lot of success with and that the buyer's journey is as short as possible. That doesn't mean that it needs to be, you know, in, in a day and then they close. It's just if you go for a a VoIP solution that takes like five months to close, then that might not be the type of persona that gives you the most profits right away. As you go into drafting, now that you've picked your persona and that you have to actually build it, what you're going to need to do is you're going to have to collect data and that can be done through audience research and market research, like I mentioned earlier, but you're also going to have to interview some people. The best way to be realistic and to be really close to the truth is to, well, go to the clients that you like and that you want to have more. Pick between six and 10 clients. Of course, pick the proper moment to ask them those types of questions. Don't just call them saying, hey, I want to ask you some questions because I'm building my persona. The next time that you talk to them, try to be super transparent, be nice and be like, hey, while I have you, do you mind if I ask you a little bit of questions? I'm trying to build my marketing. Most people are going to be fine with it. If they don't have the time, then and you know your clients better than I do. If you feel like, a, you know, like a gift card to Starbucks or something is, good, is incentive enough, they're actually going to give you valuable insights. So think about it. It's something that is generally appreciated as well. But what you're going to need to do during those interview is ask questions that are going to seem a little bit weird to you. You're going to want to go into their demographics. Are you married? Uh, what's your highest level of education and questions like that. But you don't have to be that specific. You can simply be like, describe your personal demographics. Do you have children? Where do you live? Of course, don't do that with leads. Do that with clients that you know and 
love. So you can ask them to describe their career path, uh, their education background, about their company. So what kind of industry they work with, what's their go-to channel, what, what how many employees they have. So it's a little bit of profiling, really. Every company should have some level of profiling, but for persona, it might be a two burns and one stone type of thing. You can ask them how their job is measured, what a typical day looks like, which skills are required for their job. I'm going to post a list of questions on the Facebook page just to get you started and to give you a little bit of profile. As I publish episode, I'm probably going to put more free resources on there just to help you get a kickstart into your marketing. And then once you get the demographic out of the way, a really interesting thing to do is to have the psychographic conversation. The clients that are with you for a while, you can take the time to ask them stuff like, what are the main goals that you're trying to achieve? What were the most frustrating thing in your role? What were you looking for when you came to our site? What triggered you to look for a solution like ours? And then you can ask them who has a say in the decision uh, when they buy. And all those answers kind of summarize into a persona profile is going to help you draw the profile and the bio of that, of that person. And once you have them, you're going to have to socialize the persona internally so that people apply it. There's a ton of resources online to know how to actually leverage them, but basically whenever you see an objection and a challenge and that you document it then you know how to address it the next time it comes around whether it's through blog articles so that when they start their research online they can find you and start the conversation or it is for a sales rep to know what's coming in the conversation before it happens so they're prepared or for the support person that is gonna get faced with the same questions time and time again if support knows what questions are coming and sales know what questions are coming they can talk to marketing and marketing can create content in front of the wave to save the reps time both on the sales and the support side they can create the article that answers the question the rep can just very high level answer the question and say for more details we actually have content that's going to help you and guide you for a more complete answer and then they can send that article or that piece of content to the leader client and that just speeds up the process and the sales rep has more time the agent has more time as well and another benefit of that is that if you have a marketing automation tool installed, such as HubSpot or Springform or whatever, they track what your leads and clients can do on your website. So you're gonna know if they actually look at the link that you send them, it's gonna be in their profile. And that is useful to you because if it's a lead and they ask the question, you send them the information and then they never click on it, you know that they're not as qualified as they might've seemed. If they were really interested, you would wanna know if nurturing them any further is a good thing then you want them to click on the link and do a little bit of research and a little bit of legwork on their side. You don't want to have to give them everything without them being interested. That's it for today. That's it for 10 minutes. I hope that this Persona one-on-one give you a little bit of insight. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out either through my LinkedIn or through the Facebook page at 10 Minutes MSB Marketing Podcast. You can send questions, you can ask for resources or suggest new topics. And until next week. Stay engaged.